Today on the Rochester Rundown, we talk with Olmstead County election officials about the final results from Tuesday's primary. The percentage of votes from mail-in absentee ballots shattered previous records and blew past the initial expectations of those in charge of counting the ballots. What will the county take from this week's experience and put into practice for November? That story, plus who's moving on to the general election, coming up in a bit. And as always, a look at the news of the week, including the newest destination added to Rochester's airport and millions more in funding for local businesses affected by COVID-19. I'm Isaac Janes. It's Friday, August 14th, 2020, and let's get to the news. The highly anticipated local primary set for August 11th has officially come and gone, with right around 25,000 people voting in Olmsted County. When results were made official Thursday evening, we learned what the city council races will look like. It's Brooke Carlson versus Kathleen Harrington for council president, Michael Wojcik versus Mark Bransford in Ward 2, Kelly Ray Kirkpatrick versus Katrina Pullum in Ward 4, and Molly Dennis versus Craig Ugland in Ward 6, plus Jim Beer versus Regina Mustafa in the Olmsted County District 5 commissioner race. At Olmsted County Election HQ, Mark Krupski and Katie Smith were celebrating for a whole different reason than the 10 candidates moving on to November. Because voting in the midst of a pandemic worked better than either of them could have anticipated. Uh, the results are impressive. There was about a 26 vote percent voter turnout in Olmsted County for this election, which is incredible. Krupski is Olmsted County's Director of Property Records and Licensing and has been overseeing elections here since 2006. I talked to him back in June for a previous edition of the podcast about how the pandemic would affect voting. This interview was right around the time the absentee voting period was just opening up. And here's a bit of what he predicted for the 2020 election. I think we're going to go from 33%, possibly up to 50% of the voters will vote by absentee. So that changes an awful lot of the workload on our end, and we're preparing for those types of things as well. One half of all votes cast in Olmsted County coming through the mail or being dropped off at the election office. That's a huge number, guaranteeing tens of thousands of mail-in ballots to sort through, unheard of in previous election cycles. But listen to what actually happened this week. 70% of the vote was cast by absentee, which means that the Olmsted County elections team processed those, which is almost the exact or pretty close the exact inverse of the ratio of the 2018 election, where the majority of the voters uh, went to the polling site and about 25% of the voters voted absentee. For those keeping score at home, that's 17,631 absentee ballots mailed in, dropped off, or otherwise coming to the election office through means other than a polling place. For perspective, in March's presidential primary vote, the last election pre-COVID, the county initially sent out 500 mail-in ballots. This was an intentional effort from Olmsted County, sending out absentee applications to all registered voters back in early June, and it seems to have worked. These primaries prove there's been a seismic shift, at least temporarily, in local voting habits. Both local officials said the pandemic would fundamentally change how voting is done in America for a few years, decades, possibly for good. Smith said, in particular, this election served as a learning experience. It was the first look into what options voters will utilize later on this year. We've learned a lot of things that we're going to keep using for years to come. That drop-off option that Mark had talked about, where you can get your ballot by mail, and then we had a drop box. Um, for people to return their ballots, people really, really liked that. So there's, that's just one example of many takeaways from this election. Now, the elections team has about two months to gear up for the big one. 28,000 people have already requested an absentee ballot for the November general election. 
Krupski said he anticipates high, if not record, turnout in November, plus he expects the 70% absentee number to remain somewhat consistent. So let's do some math. In 2016, nearly 90% of registered voters in Olmsted County voted. Currently, there's roughly 96,000 registered voters in this county. So if turnout holds steady from 2016, that's 86,400 actual votes. You take 70% of that, and there is a real possibility that well over 60,000 envelopes, in some scenarios close to even 70,000, will flood the Olmsted County Election Office in November. It's an unprecedented challenge. And Smith says, bring it on. We were well above and beyond any expectations set forward to us from the Secretary of State's office. So got all faith in the team here that, uh, you know, if it's the 28, we already 28,000 we already have sitting in there requested to go out. Or if it's the 70 that you just talked about, well, we're going to make it happen. In all likelihood, lots of first-time absentee voters will make mail-in voting a habit for years to come, happy to avoid lines and crowds even without a pandemic invading every aspect of our daily lives. Krupski sees the practice as the way of the future, and after a successful run with this year's primary, the future might be sooner than we think. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see more mail-run uh, elections in the future. Uh, I'm not sure what the political will is on that, but it's certainly been a great experience. It's been very efficient, and uh, so, so we've been very pleased with it. And it's very convenient for the voter, and that's the key is if it makes it accessible and more convenient for our voters, then I think uh, I, it's, it's evidence that they, they apparently like it. Now, a look at the top stories from the past week on our site. Starting October 1st, Rochester International Airport will offer non-stop service to Denver, Colorado. The new flight announced Monday will be carried by SkyWest Airlines, a subsidiary of United Airlines. The Denver flight will be the fourth airport with non-stop service to RST, joining MSP, Chicago O'Hare, and Hartsfield-Jackson in Atlanta. Olmsted County and Rochester Area Economic Development Incorporated, or Ready, have partnered to make $4 million in CARES Act funding available to small businesses. Applications opened Wednesday and are available to any business with a physical presence, a Minnesota-based owner, and 50 or fewer employees. Grants will range from $1,500 to $25,000. And here's a preview of some coverage for next week. The Rochester Fest Grand Parade officially isn't going anywhere. Literally. Festival director Brandon Helgeson says Rochester Fest will implement a drive-through parade this year where parade-goers drive past the floats instead of the typical other way around. It's going to be on the RCTC grounds Saturday, August 22nd. We'll have a preview of this Rochester community celebration, parade, the music, and everything in between out early next week. And that is all for the show today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, the best way to support MedCityBeat is to become a member. Be a part of quality local journalism at medcitybeat.com slash membership. Today's show marks the 20th episode of Rochester Rundown, so thank you for your support of this project since the beginnings all the way back in January when I had just three weeks under my belt as a MedCityBeat reporter. There's lots of topics and discussions from previous episodes that are still very interesting and relevant. Search Rochester Rundown on your favorite streaming service to browse our full catalog of stories. And if you've enjoyed this project in recent weeks and find yourself following along every Friday, consider sharing your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. I'd love to see it. Greatly appreciate it. 
I'm Isaac James from Med City Beats. I'll be taking next week off and heading up north to the Boundary Waters, but we'll be plugged in for the August 28th edition of the podcast. In that time, take care of yourselves and be good to each other. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks.